to Minute 138 of The Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into The Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Stephen J. Rubin, screenwriter, author, documentarian, producer, and an all-around Great Escape expert. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Oh, it's great to be back, Rob. This has been so much fun. I feel like I'm a a forensic analyst going over the minutia of this movie. That works. <laughs> I don't know what the word minutia means, but uh, I'll take your word for it on that one. <laughs> the little tidbits, the little bits of things. I mean, uh, I. it's funny, when you watch a movie multiple times, your eye begins to stray to parts of the movie that the, the producer probably didn't want you to stray to, and you see things on the sidelines. Interesting, one of the first times I saw the movie on a laser disc the framing apparently was not exact so when mcqueen is in the cooler bouncing his ball against the uh concrete the frame on the left um you see that there's a, a stage hand standing outside that wall and uh, which obviously they didn't intend to in terms of the framing for the movie so i thought that was something interesting oh wow uh, I've, I've been studying films since i was in college and uh, multiple times you begin to hear bits of dialogue that don't make sense and see things that just uh, are, are, you know, that you didn't notice before. One of my favorite movies, and this is a little bit off topic, but I'll mention it, is the original The Day the Earth Stood Still, which obviously the spaceship lands in Washington. It's surrounded by the army and eventually somebody in a tank shoots uh, Michael Rennie's character. But if you watch the frame, there are two gunshots. There's a second flash and they never explain that. I guess you can go talk to the Warren Commission about that one. <laughs> Wait, so do you have an explanation for that? You know, it's just, a, it was something that was not edited out properly. And, you know, it's like in Goldfinger, when, if you know the movie Goldfinger, when the A-bomb is ticking down in Fort Knox and it ticks down and it ticks, stops at 007 and Sean Connery says three more ticks and Mr. Goldfinger would have hit the jackpot. Well, that was a case where they ended up doing the insert shot of 007 after Sean Connery had already done his lines and they decided not to loop it, you know, to fix it. So that air is right there front and center. So there are a lot of things. If you watch a movie over and over and over again, it's, you know, you begin to see things that the producers did not want you to see yeah. or hear. And as long as it doesn't ruin your, your viewing ability, then, then that's great. Yeah, I think it just adds to it. Exactly. All right. Well, Exactly. exactly. So minute 138 begins with the train getting ready to, to move along and goes all the way till we get to see driving out of the village with motor car, motorcycles in hot pursuit. So as we were discussing yesterday, Sedgwick saw a train and decided that he's going to watch it for a second, figure out what he wants to do. We get to see him looking back and forth. Then we get to see a small little German town. This is probably Fusen also. Apparently everything is Fusen in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we get to see this actually uh, I'm not 100% sure if this is Fusen because the uh, Chris and his team in the documentary the coolest guy movie ever do go to this town the way it looks today and they from the actual site but um, uh, this this is uh, this is one of my favorite moments in the uh, movie because what, what I find interesting about this upcoming sequence is Steve McQueen has escaped from the camp on a motorcycle. He's wearing a German uniform. He should have the papers that were supplied to him by Blythe's uh, forging team. 
So one of the things that um, early in the movie, it's mentioned that um, that um, Henley is able to make is an ouster permission to be on on, prop on, property. Uh, yeah. on property, German property. So I would think that he they would have given ausweises to everybody and particularly since mcqueen is the first in the tunnel for doing all that great map making he uh but obviously as he rides his motorcycle and the german officer asks him what are you doing here he doesn't have that paperwork hence the, the opportunity to escape and kick the guy and by the way the guy who gets kicked is uh is a, i believe a hollywood stuntman named chuck hayward i'm pretty oh, wow. sure it's one of the hollywood stuntmen hmm, that came interesting. out i mean the in the original script well first of all the, the you bring up a very good point about the fact that he, that hilt should have had his papers that, that he was given but you would think also that that he would papers of the german officer you know that crashed the motorcycle you know he did take his gun so he he possibly sure. taking that in the sure, original sure. script there's actually two soldiers that are on the motorcycle, and it starts off a motorcycle with a sidecar, and at one point, Hiltz takes off the, the sidecar, because that's also the explanation in the original script as to how he had a uniform that fit, because he took the pants from one of them and the shirt from another. Um, I guess they it figured is, it, it, was, is, it, was, it was cheaper just to use one stuntman instead of two. And also, having Steve McQueen have the proper paperwork, so they say, okay, go on your way, is not very dramatic. I mean, <laughs> obviously... <laughs> kicking the guy and then racing off. The other guy falls down, which is a great moment. And then he's chased all over the place. Arguably one of the best scenes in the movie. So they, they, they made the right choice. So you, you got, you guys a great, you, I'm really glad that you got this this week then, if that's the case, since we, you got this randomly. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing I noticed is first of all, when you see all these German soldiers standing around in this little town, they all look really bored. You know, they're looking for something fun to do. And I guess they oh, must absolutely. be very happy that Hiltz shows up. Because there, there's also a lot. There's, there, there, I counted 20 different soldiers in this scene just sitting around. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love the, the fact that we get in the middle of this square. You know, you see, you see the disses to, to the different towns of where, you know, I, I wasn't able to figure out where this is. But you have, you know, it says Basel is 124 kilometers from there. And Ravensburg is 98 kilometers and there's there's a third one I think it says T Tyrol or something like that that uh, yeah Tyrol, Tyrol is 20, 21 kilometers yeah which means I believe, he's, he's pretty close to Switzerland if that's the case I believe uh, it's mentioned in the coolest guy movie ever uh, with Chris team they, I think they found the barber shop was in this square where Steve and uh, Bronson were getting their hair cut I think there was every a barber day, right? shop I think they went there every day yeah. or something yeah. So I think they, they, there's a picture of Steve McQueen on the mantelpiece of that play, uh, of that barbershop is still there. Um, it was very interesting because Chris's team uh, spent a lot of time tracking down the actual house that the crew lived in. Uh, they they had a had a house with multiple it's like I guess it was like an inn with various rooms where bed the, and the people yeah. yeah no it was like a bed and breakfast exactly yeah they actually interviewed the son of the the, the previous owner of the the Ben and right 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 and uh, they found the actor uh, well, I, I found it particularly funny because they found the actor whose father is on the bicycle that gets struck by McDonald in the final chase scene that actually is, was his father the one who gets hit on the bicycle which oh, wow. I thought was good. Yeah, and also I think the other actor they found is the officer 
who tells Steve McQueen to um, put his hands up when he gets crashed into the wire. They found that actor as well. Oh, wow. Interesting. I, I didn't remember. I saw, I saw the, the documentary a few months ago. I, I probably should have rewatched before talking to you. That's okay. <laughs> so basically the German soldier says to, in German, obviously, and once again, I'm going to not, I'm, I'm going to, not say it in German because I don't want everyone who speaks German to to cringe by my pronunciation of German. But basically, he he calls out to McQueen, says, "Come here. Where do you want to go? Show me your idea, ID." And at that point, that's when saying, I think he's saying, "What are you doing? Get over here." Yeah, and, and he goes, uh, "Show me your ID." Where are you going? I think Bubistian is very, where are you going? And Zeid me was Zeid Ausweis, which obviously he's asking for that piece of paper that Garner was able to get to McDonald and, and Bartlett, but McQueen obviously doesn't have one. Uh, so that's when we get the kick. Yeah, exactly. The kick, and then he does a, a nice little U-turn, drives through the, the, the soldiers standing there. I mean, they, they, they purposely have these, these two guys standing together so they can jump back and forth. You know, each of them can jump out of the way as he's coming around. But if, if, no. you, look, if you look beforehand, you don't see the two of them together. They, they actually are joined, to, they, they come together only when McQueen makes the, the U-turn there. <laughs> well, the way in a it long was, shot, they're not. The way it was described to me with McQueen on the bike, by the way, he, he was the fastest rider of anybody. They had a number of German stunt riders that apparently were very slow, um, that they didn't just didn't have the vim and the verve. And they had a couple, I think Tim Gibbs, was an Australian rider who was the one who laid the motorcycle on the highway. That's when McQueen gets the motorcycle. That's Tim Gibbs. Uh, but I think a lot of these uh, chase sequences, that is McQueen on the bike. And, Chasing himself. Uh, well, not yet, not yet. But, right. <laughs> uh, but that is good. And then, of course, when uh, McQueen does the turn to get on the little bridge here and the, the sidecar goes into Dolly, Apparently, uh, one of the motorcycle stuntmen was badly hurt in that. It was not a not a happy thing. I think it might have even been Tim Gibbs, but apparently there was a board down there at the bottom of the gully that when the motorcycle struck it, it slapped up and slapped him and I think hurt himself. But uh, I think he was fine afterwards. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just great how he goes right through the fence, the ent- the opening in the fence, you know, across that little bridge. And then the, the, the guy in the side isn't able to make that turn. And I love, love the fact that the German guys sitting in the sidecar have to constantly change their positions. Otherwise, the whole vehicle is going to tip over. I thought that was pretty fascinating with the way they did that. Because yeah. I didn't understand how you ride a, a sidecar where you're going up and down in places. And apparently the guy in the sidecar literally has to throw himself over the side. Otherwise, the, the, the motorcycle would tip. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. So the, the motorcycle crashes and then Hiltz continues down to the countryside and we see that he's still in pursuit there are numerous i i guess you know the, the first car the first motorcycle crash but the the other ones are actually able to make it through right exactly and then we're back with sedgwick on the train right well no uh, that'll that'll be tomorrow we we, oh, we haven't gotten there yet <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm much too fast for you. <laughs> uh, not, no, you're not speed, but we're only talking about this a minute at a time. If we if we were talking about this a minute and a few seconds at a time, then it would work perfectly. But I'm sure you'll be back tomorrow, so we'll be able to discuss that when we when we get there. Anyway, so are there any other tidbits of, uh, that you that you wanted to to bring up about your different conversations that you've had 
over over the years with all of your, with with all your well, documentary but, history. The person who really was a real eye opener for me was um, Bud Eakins. Now, Bud Eakins is Steve McQueen's stunt double. And as many of you know, it was Bud Eakins who uh, is film. When Steve McQueen jumps over the wire later, that's Bud. When he skids into the wire later, that's Bud. Um, Bud Eakins uh, was a friend of McQueen. They knew each other from the L.A. community. Bud Eakins had a motorcycle shop on, uh, I believe it was in uh, Van Nuys, California. Uh, and McQueen would hang out there. And when McQueen got the job for The Great Escape and he knew there was going to be some motorcycle stunts, he called up Eakins and had him come over to see Sturgis. And Eakins is a good double for Steve, although I think Eakins is a little taller. I interviewed him in his motorcycle shop uh, back in 93. And uh, there's a lot of talk about all the things that had to be done. They had to buy the BMW, uh, excuse me, the Triumphs, and they had to disguise them to look German-like. They added a balsa wood battery, uh, the uh, the fender forks were changed. They obviously were painted uh, a, uh, a, a color, a dark green, which was uh, appropriate for German uh, military motorcycles. And uh, then I think uh, Bob, uh, Bud went over to Germany for a couple months, and that's where they prepared all the stunts. I mean, from what I understand, you know, he, he and uh, McQueen were very good friends beforehand, and this just solidified their friendship. And you know, Bud was used on a lot uh, on a lot more movies afterwards. Uh, th this was the beginning of his career as a stuntman. Right. And particularly, uh, he worked on Bullet. He did some of the driving st uh, stretches on Bullet uh, in that celebrated car chase. Uh, good guy. A real, when he passed away, his memorial service at uh, Warner Brothers attracted literally hundreds of people, including um, Jay Leno was there because uh, he knew him from also the motorcycle riding community. Uh, a good guy, um, a really good guy. It's interesting. Yeah. Here's an, an interesting thing. He, he gave me to look, or he allowed me to look at a uh, eight millimeter uh, film that was shot of them doing the motorcycle jumping over the German wire stunt later in the picture. And you see Steve McQueen doing it. You see Bud doing it. Steve was forbidden to do it in the actual movie because of insurance. Uh, you know, insurance parameters, but uh, this film was extraordinary. And when we were going to do the documentary in 93, I tried to track it down again and uh, it had disappeared. Somewhere in this universe is that little eight millimeter film can of them filming the motorcycle stunts uh, against the wire. And that has disappeared. That's very unfortunate because I, I would have liked to have featured that in both documentaries. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been amazing. I mean, and, and Bud didn't remember where it was. Neither Bud or his wife, they both did not know what happened to it. Obviously, he loaned it to somebody, and it was never returned. But it was great to see the effort that went into digging out the hollow so they could do this uh, stunt where a motorcycle flies over wire, which was not by no means an easy stunt. Yeah, and, and he did it. He managed to do it. That, that's what's amazing. I mean, I also find it interesting that, that Bud was actually a month and a half younger than McQueen. You know, McQueen, McQueen was born on uh, March 24th, 30, and Bud Eakins was born on the 11th of May in 1930. Yeah, they were, they were definitely, uh, you know, peers in many ways. Yeah, very much so. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say about this minute? I think we're good.
Right. Excellent. Do you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I have uh, three Facebook pages. One is Steve Rubin, R-U-B-I-N. The other one is Steve Rubin's Saturday Night Movies, where I, I do a uh, essay review of a classic film every week. And then I also have the James Bond movie encyclopedia, which uh, is uh, based on my book, which is currently in the stores, the fourth edition of uh, the James Bond movie encyclopedia. All right. Excellent. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher you might be using to listen to this show. Our Facebook group is The Cooler. Our Twitter account is Great Escape MXM. Our website is thegreatescapeminute.com. And our email address is thegreatminute at gmail.com. So, Steve, once again, you want to come back and talk to us a little more tomorrow? I'm looking forward to it, Rob. All right. Excellent. So, until tomorrow, tally-ho. Tally-ho. Tally-ho.